Dharma Bites is brought to you by Free Buddhist Audio, the Dharma for real life. Our work is funded entirely by donations from our generous listeners. If you would like to help us keep this free, come and join us at freebuddhistaudio.com forward slash community. Thank you and happy listening. Yeah, so um, someone who's made this vow or even it may happen before they make the vow, actually. Uh, it may be another way of um, stimulating or generating uh, the, the bodhicitta, the, uh, the urge to awakening. They practice a particular path, and this path is known as uh, the six perfections, yeah, or the six uh, transcending virtues they're sometimes described as. So these are six themes uh, that the bodhisattva follows in order to become even more uh, spiritually awakened. Um, I'm not going to go into detail about these uh, six perfections, but I'll list them briefly, and then I thought I might just talk a little bit about just one of them. So the six perfections are starting off with generosity. That's the first of the six perfections. This is the first thing that a bodhisattva does in their life. Secondly, uh, they practice ethics. They live uh, an upright life. They follow... Uh, the Buddhist ethical precepts scrupulously. Thirdly, uh, they practice patience or, or forbearance or, or restraint. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to come back to that in a moment. Fourthly, they, they practice uh, energy. They, um, they, uh, they cultivate energy. And um, uh, an image that has always struck me, um, which, which is said to characterize the life of the Bodhisattva, is that they... Their, their life of saving beings and moving from world system to world system is like the life of a, an elephant that is uh, a bit hot in the, in the midday sun and plunges from cool pool to cool pool over and over again. Um, that's what their life is like. So they've got this energy, but it's not work to them. It's actually a, a delight because it's, it's what they want to do. They want to share uh, their awakening, their, uh, their understanding with all beings. So they have, they, they cultivate energy. Fifthly, meditation. Um, the Bodhisattva fulfills and pursues many, many kinds of meditation. And in fact, I think I'm going to read out a passage a little bit later that may characterize something of the, uh, the Bodhisattva's meditative state of mind. And finally, they cultivate wisdom. This is the six perfections. So I said that I'd just perhaps step back and talk about um, one of them. And I just thought I'd say a little bit um, about uh, forbearance or patience. In fact, rather than say a little bit, I thought I would read just a couple of verses from the Bodhichari Avatara uh, just to, uh, to give you a flavor. So this is uh, Shantideva, who was the author of the Bodhichari Avatara, talking about uh, forbearance or patience. There is no evil equal to hatred and no spiritual practice equal to forbearance. Therefore, one should develop forbearance by various means with great effort. One's mind finds no peace, neither enjoys pleasure or delight, nor goes to sleep, nor feels secure while the dart of hatred is stuck in the heart. 
those whom one honours with wealth and respect, and also one's dependents, even they long to destroy the master who is disfigured by hatred. Even friends shrink from him. He gives, but is not honoured. In short, there is no sense in which someone prone to anger is well off. The person who realises that hatred is an enemy, since it creates such sufferings as these, and who persistently strikes it down, is happy in this world and the next. So that's what Shantideva has to say about the, the value and the importance of forbearance and the, the relative sufferings that are consequent upon hatred and anger. Yeah, I mean, just in passing, it's worth noting that there's a, an additional list of perfections known as the Ten Perfections. I'm not going to go into those in detail just at the moment, uh, but what I am going to touch on is another particular uh, way of conceiving of uh, the Bodhisattva's life, which is in terms of it traversing uh, ten stages, or uh, in technical terms, they're known as Bhumis. So the Bodhisattva passes through uh, progressively each of these ten stages or, or bhumis. I think I mentioned uh, at the beginning that the, uh, the um, image that I have on screen uh, represents bodhisattvas who are, who are accomplishing those ten stages. Again, I'm not going to cover all of those uh, ten stages in detail. Instead, I thought I'd just uh, look at one of them uh, for you. But, it, but, but just, to, just before I do that, the Bhumis don't so much describe actual uh, states that we're likely to develop, that we're likely to pass through. They more represent idealized spiritual states. They're kind of archetypal, you could say, spiritual states. So I don't necessarily think that they're, they're conditions that we, as we are, are going to enter. They're more like um, idealizations of what we could achieve. So I'm just going to read a little passage because I particularly like this one and, and as well this will give you some kind of idea about um, what the meditative state of mind or what the, um, what the spiritual powers of the Bodhisattva uh, are like. So this, is, this is to describe the ninth Bhumi. So it's almost complete awakening but actually not quite there yet. So this is a very sub sublime, very elevated condition and this is how it's described. Even if the beings of a billion worlds were to come up all at the same moment and ask questions, each of them asking questions with countless nuances, each one asking a different question, the enlightening beings, that's the bodhisattvas, would take in every tone and nuance and with a single utterance would satisfy all those beings' minds. Even if the beings of untold worlds all came up in the same moment and asked questions, each with innumerable nuances, each different, the enlightening beings would take them all on instantly and edify them all with a single utterance. Pervading untold worlds, they expound the teaching according to beings' dispositions, faculties and inclinations. Sitting in discourse on the teaching, receiving the empowerment of the Buddhas, they simultaneously face all beings doing the work of Buddhahood. So that's the ninth Bhumi. We hope you enjoyed the talk. 
please come and help us keep this free at freebuddhistaudio.com forward slash community. And thank you.